I think coming back to like that whole spiritual side of things and, um, you know, we're all human beings having, you know, an experience here together. And I think we should do more. I think we should do a better job of just celebrating, you know, the generations that have come before us because they've, they've paved the path for, all of the advancements that we get to make as millennials and that, you know, the Gen Zers are going to get to make, you know, as, as they grow older and then even, you know, the, the newest of the generations, which again, I don't even know, they don't even have a name yet, but you know, we're always, we're always paving a path forward. You are listening to Soul Searchers, the podcast. My name is Tyler and I am joined with two of my business besties, Abigail and Trish. And together, we make up a trio of 20-somethings looking to dive deep and explore some of life's biggest topics, like what is the purpose of life, why am I here, and who is God? And not-so-big topics like how can I win at adulting, is college worth it, and what is your Enneagram type, and does it really matter? So whether you're looking for answers to life's biggest questions or you're just really curious to find out if we think the Myers-Briggs is better than the Enneagram test, then sit back, relax, and join us as we do a little bit of soul searching today. Welcome back to Soul Searchers, the podcast. Today, we are going to do a 180 as for the last couple of weeks, we've been doing deep dives on spirituality and religion. And now we're going to dig into the hot topic of generations, such as millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, boomers, you name it. Uh, Trish, then Tyler, I want to start off by asking you what your generation is and how you feel about being in that generation. Yeah. So I think I am considered the very tail end of the millennials. I was born in 1995. Um, I do get a little offended when people call me a Gen Z because I feel like I'm a millennial. I, you know, I don't feel like that term was around very much, um, until recently, like really being like, oh, that's Gen Z. And, um, I have always been the youngest in like on both sides of my family, as far as cousins go. Um, I have a lot of friends who are older. I have friends of all ages. Um, but particularly one of like, you know, a lot of different jobs that I've been a part of. I've been one of the youngest staff. And I remember my first career out of college, we had a conference and, um, you know, I worked in like human services and one of the presenters had come from across the country and he was talking about generations and how like most people think millennials are bad, but they're your best hope. And I remember this because this was my, or like your greatest hope, use the millennials. And I remember this because it was my first official day. I just graduated college and I was working for this company part-time in college. This was my first official day of my first full-time job in the real world. And um, they really boosted my ego at that job, I have to say, because they're like, we love that we have a youngin on the staff. Um, but now I have to say it feels weird because I kind of feel old being a millennial, but we'll get into that, how it's maybe shifted over our life. Yes, I go millennials. I was born in 1993, so I am definitely one of the younger millennials, but I am still proud to be a millennial. Um, <laughs> and to be a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Where at least I know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to improv a song, um, but that could be fun. Um, And I agree. Like, so I very much grew up like with millennials, like my cousins all fall within like the millennial generation. And so, you know, growing up, I was always, I I was just part, I was a millennial the entire time. And, you know, I really feel like, and God, this is going to make me sound old, but I, I feel like, like being born, you know, in the, in the early nineties, you like, cause the millennial generation is so wide first off, like it, mm-hmm. you know, it starts in 19, I think 1981 and then goes to like 1995. So that's several years, you know, that it spans. And I feel like, you know, the older millennials, had a totally different experience than the younger millennials. And, 
which I consider myself to be a younger millennial. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really interesting because I feel like the younger millennial was like the one that still got to really experience the slice of like the best of both worlds, like pre-technology boom. Like when we used to like play outside as kids and like run around and, you know, play tag and hide and seek and all of that fun stuff. And, you know, and then like, I look at my sister who is very much a Gen Zer. She was born in 2001 and like, she was literally around technology from like the moment she was born and I was not. And so I think like, like we didn't get our first computer or like in the house until like, you know, I think it was like 2000 or 2001 when we actually had like a home computer. And so like, I distinctly remember like the two different worlds. And I think that's so interesting. Oh, I just quickly have to say, I completely agree. And I feel like um, we should totally go into that more. And I just have to say like hashtag nineties kids, because I do feel like nineties kids are different than eighties kids. So there is a split even between these two generations. Absolutely. It's funny that like technology is the defining factor of like, you remember when you had a computer and when you didn't have a computer um, because that's kind of how I define it. I was born, actually, my birthday was a couple days ago, but, um, <clears throat> I was born in January, 1996. So I'm in that weird gap year where they can't decide if that's where millennials end or where Gen Z starts. Um, it looks like on Google, I was doing a little clicking while you guys were talking. Uh, the first thing c- that comes up is that millennials, are born from 1981 to 1996. But does that mean that it ends in 96 or that it ends at 1995 on December 31st? I don't know. It's still mixed. And for me, how I feel about it, um, you know, my younger stepsister is a Gen Z. She's four years younger than me. Um, My older stepsister is actually just nine days older than I am. So she's in that same gap generation as I am. Um, so she, you know, grew up the way that I did. Um, I remember my first flip phone that I could barely text on, uh, <laughs> you know, the tapping three times to get to Z or S or whatever. whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you couldn't really text. It was pointless because it was so miserable. Um, I got that in sixth grade, but it was only because I did extracurriculars and my mom had to come pick me up. Um, I remember using a computer when I was younger, but not, not like my sister, not like my younger cousins did. Like I feel, and I don't remember when they got phones and when they were on the computer, but at that point it was, I think she was using computer more in school than I did when I was in elementary school is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember going to school and being on the, like having a computer class. Like I had computer class, I think it was junior or senior year of high school. So where we actually did some Photoshop and s- some other very crude software, you know, projects, but I mean, she was in it. They were doing graphic design and I'm like, why would you be learning that as a, just a life skill? Uh, <laughs> but, um, cause I think that's really bizarre because she told me about it. I'm like, why would you be doing that? That's like a career choice, but it's fascinating. And I, I love this topic and I want to say this before we really get into it. Cause I know we go deep and sometimes we get serious, but we want to keep it light this time. I do want to say that it is a hot topic and people get really heated about it because there's assumptions and stereotypes. And, uh, I want us to transcend that, that kind of dark side of the generations, um, Cause I want it to be about our experiences and the fun of it and how we were raised and what we went through and what our, the people around us went through that weren't our generation. Um, so with that being said, you know, um, we're open to everybody, of course, and we're going to keep it light. Well, yes, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, I want to come back to technology because I really think technology is, the defining factor 
across generations, you know, um, obviously, you know, being a millennial, our, our transition was really defined by, you know, the boom of the computer and the internet and, you know, cell phones and everything like that. And then even more so with, with the Gen Zers, like my sister who, uh, also like had computers and were taking like computer classes in elementary school. And like, I remember I didn't take my first typing class until I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade when mm-hmm. I learned how to type on a computer. And, um, you know, I like, it, it's weird to think, like, I actually do remember before Google was Google, you know, and do you guys remember, do you guys remember the, the search engine, ask Jeeves? Ask what? Ask Jeeves. <laughs> it sounds so familiar. It was it was a little butler man. You oh know what I remember? God. That was like the step between Google and Ask Jeeves was oh my gosh, I forget the name of it, but you could you could text a question and you would get a text back. I forget mm. what it was called. Do you remember that? Trip? I had that on my first cell phone. Everyone used it. Um, because it was like before you could, we just had like Google on our cell phone and the internet to look things yes. up. Totally. Oh my God. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> um, well, Tyler, I, I remember Ask Jeeves, but I didn't use it. Um, I don't think I did. Maybe well, Jeeves. I, re- I, I remember Ask Jeeves and I remember like just some of that early like technology, like, um, you know, LimeWire for like music yeah. and things like that. And like just kind of like the boom of everything going digital and like what a weird transition that was. And, you know, I remember, I remember like Best Buy particularly being like going through like like this transformation you know this radical transformation of you know being going from like analog to digital or or whatever and it was like it was so weird to see like like do you guys remember in the early 2000s like being little kids and going into Best Buy and like seeing you know, the rise of like the flat screen TV and like mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the transition from like CDs into, you know, iPods and MP3 players and like all of these kind of things. And it's like, but I think my point here is like looking at like the whole span of generations, like I was grateful to know my great grandmother really well. And she was part of the silent or she was part of the uh, the greatest generation, I think is what they were called. Um, she was born in 1919. And I remember having conversations with her about like the first time she had a radio in her house, Oh my gosh! you know, yeah. and then, and then hearing her talk about when they first got a TV and, uh, like an actual like washer and dryer, like in their house, you know, like things that like just blow my mind. But I think, you know, technology really is the defining factor of, you know, generations. And it really is a reflection of like the evolution of time. Yeah, I agree. I think that technology is huge. Um, I did have computer class just for the record in elementary school, but it was like, it was like the math game, like cool math for kids. Do you guys do that? And yeah. it like also taught you typing or there was one like cool math for kids that was for typing. Um, and like, but I remember we had like floppy disks and then like flop, I've never used a floppy disk in my teenager <laughs> adult life. Like it was literally through that time that it was just completely like, as we learn things, they would already become like outdated. Like we would get the new flat screen TV and like the big cable package. And then it's like, wait, everything's streaming now. Nobody cares about that anymore. Um, I remember having like an N64 was our first um, like video game system. And I, I am grateful to be part of a generation where there was a mix of that tech and it was cool to see it, but we also played a lot more like board games and went outside and did a lot less with tech. Um, I see my niece who's seven and like, she knew how to use a phone when she was like an infant, like, like a baby, like one to two years old, she started to like realize how to like use the phone. Um, And so I think 
that is huge. And I, I think one of the things that popped up in my brain, and I know this to be true about a lot of people in our generation, is that we like to reminisce. I think a lot of generations like to reminisce, but I think there's this like, in recent years, there's been so much of the like 90s kids where it's like, because we have social media now, it's fun for us to like go back and see the archives of things. And I mm-hmm. think some generations don't have access to like the same things that we do. Like we were at the start of technology. So a lot of our childhood has been like encapsulated, um, but it's different. And I just, I think we're a gem- generation of reminiscing. I don't know if you, if you all would agree. Yeah, I think I'm just thinking of like, how many iPods I had (laughs) Uh, because I remember my first iPod was not the actual first generation iPod because I don't remember when that came out Um, but I think it was the smallest iPod with a screen on it and it was lime green ugliest thing you've ever seen with the big giant dial on the front no offense Steve Jobs but um it was like, it was just ugly. You know, it was just like a very, it was just all text and no pictures or icons, like everything is now. Um, but I remember I had like every generation after that and that's, that was really not a long time. It was only maybe four years where I bought a new version or a new generation of technology. And it makes me feel like, not that my childhood was rushed, but there wasn't a, there's not a period where I feel like I was a kid and then I became an adult because everything kind of just lapsed over each other because everything was so fast. Um, Mm. So I think that's where that nostalgia comes from because I, Mm -hmm. I get nostalgic about things that happened in like 2014 I'm like that was really not that long ago <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, I'm like oh my god T-Pain I'm like it's yeah. playing, it feels like it was 25 years ago I was listening yes. bartender by T-Pain um but I think that's where the nostalgia comes from and of course older generations have nostalgia as well but that's it seems like time went slower because things did not progress as fast in like the 80s or the 70s or whenever our parents, our grandparents, um, uh, whatever they lived through. Um, so I think that's where that kind of being nostalgic about things that have already passed because things passed so quickly between like 2000 or even like really 96, but I can't remember the first three years of my life, um, between like 97 or something and 2021. Yeah. I'm feeling nostalgic just having this conversation and I'm thinking about really like how fast, like Abigail was saying, how fast everything has changed. And I mean, it's unbelievable to think that like just even 10 years ago, how different technology was compared to what it is today. And, and I think I think we like with everything happening so fast and so frequently now with like updates and new, 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 like I think there is a part of us and there's a, there's a big yearning for slowing down. And I think, I think we're wanting to not really stop time, but just kind of, just kind of, relish in time or preserve time because you know things like like my sister is obsessed with records and like records are now a thing again and you know it's like and and there's and there's something like there's something beautiful about the simplicity of records and how you know it's not on a screen and you know you have to physically like you know, take it out of, out of the, you know, not box, but you know what, what I'm trying to say here, but like, you know, there's, there's something beautiful about like the slowness of it all. And I can, I can remember that slowness. And I think that's, I think that's an, another real, I think unique thing about the millennial generation is that we've experienced the extreme, extreme, extreme fast, but we've also experienced like the, the slow and, 
I mean, do you guys remember logging into the internet for the, you know, back yeah. when you had to dial in and it took like five <laughs> minutes of like, rah, 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 you know, and it's like, it's like now I pull out my phone and I press a button and I'm like on Google or, you know, I ask Siri like, oh, who's singing this song? Or, you know, what is, you know, what is the capital of Taiwan? You know, it's like, it, I, don't, I don't know, like, like we're also, I think, getting to this place of, do you guys think technology will have a long-term effect on our memory and like how much we're able to remember because we don't have to really remember anything anymore? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting question. It just got serious again, Tyler. Thanks a lot. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just, this is curi- I'm curious. Society, I'm, man. You know, <laughs> society. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a good question. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give an example. I a couple of years back was teaching at a school. I was like a traveling educator, and. Um, I lost my phone and I like couldn't get it back. And I didn't know my boyfriend's phone number and we had already been together for like four or five years. <laughs> and I knew my mom's phone number by heart because I knew her phone number before um, I got a cell phone. And I knew my, I knew like my immediate family members and my, my old home phone number, but that was about it. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely that I would say again, not to pose any judgment, but I think that, um, I think we are an interesting generation for the reasons you just said, Tyler, because we have a little bit of polarity or maybe it's not polarity. I think older generations, it feels like a huge polarity because a larger chunk of their life was before some of the technology advancements we're talking about. So as an adult, then they had this change. We were literally in development our brains were developing as these mm. developments were happening in technology. So I think we have a little bit of, we had to memorize things without just having them saved digitally. And then we also know the convenience. So um, I think that not to pose any judgment on younger generations, but I think one of the big things is like, maybe they lack a little bit of patience because they didn't have to like rewind a VHS tape like we did. And, um, so I think that we maybe have a little bit more patience, but, um, yes, so that can help with our memory and things, but it also, we are maybe at a little bit of a disadvantage compared to like older generations when they like never had Google maps. And I know too, when my, um, phone like was broken for a little while, uh, the map feature. And I had to like, learn to like step-by-step directions. And I'm like, how the hell did people do this before? <laughs> and, but I also learned it. Like I wasn't completely like lost. <laughs> I wasn't completely lost. Like I was totally okay. Still, it just took a little adjustment. And I think most people can do that, but I do think we're in an interesting position. We have kind of the skills of both, you know, head, head on technology, full on technology and a little bit more self-reliance. Mm, this is a really good question um, because it leads into a lot of, like Trish started leading into, you know, instant gratification and patience. And I'm going to try to keep it to memory. Um, it just depends on what is worth remembering. Um, you know, what part, you know, what capacity our brain can take in um, that doesn't need technology or we don't need to use it I'm, I'm starting to get tripped up on my words because like it, this is such a <laughs> I'm like trying <laughs> trying to think of you went there Tyler you went there and you can he did he just he right. oh my gosh I just tapped I he tapped into my brain I I, I got all loopy um this no, is no. light for me guys I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> okay oldest millennial we hear you oh no oh, you're old you're filling out the old card <laughs> I'm sorry to go there um, I'm a uh, middle okay. child here, so I can go there. <laughs> the middle child gets like the, mm. I don't know. I'm all, I'm really confused. Um, no, no, no. Memory, memory, memory. Um, God talk about memory. I can't even use my own words anymore. Um, that's just because I'm not right. It's not because of technology. Um, 
like I was saying, you know, it depends on what is worth remembering or without using technology. Yes, that's what I was trying to, the point I was trying to get across. So uh, I I think the biggest thing is reading um, because that does take a, you know, technology, the way that it's social media has progressed and the way that articles have progressed, things are very short, like Yahoo, not that Yahoo is a credible source, sorry, Um, but (laughs) it, it does start out in bullet points. So, and it's supposed to be like a legit article where these people supposedly went to college for journal- journalism. Um, and I don't think starting out an article is a great start <laughs> to writing something that millions of people look at. Um, so I think that has to do with like, you know, I don't know, mental functioning, um, I can't even remember the word today. So I feel like I don't have the credibility even talking about mental functioning. <laughs> um, but I just think, yeah, the technology on on a on a negative side that will impact younger generations um, because they're reading from tablets now. And that does hurt your eyes too, by the way. Um, but also like Trish was saying, it's, uh, we're craftier. I think we're, we're scrappier in terms of technology where we can find the information. I'm going to give you an example. Um, I love my dad. I don't think I need to say that, but to preface, (laughs) um, I work with my dad, he's my boss and we do the same exact job, um, which is CNC coding. And it's through a software that most of the work is done. However, a lot of what we do is pulling files from our database and putting it in the software. It takes my dad three times longer to find a file than it takes me. Um, So I think, and that is purely a generation, of course, like he's much older than me, but I'm going to put the blame on this generational gap of him living probably half of his life or maybe more up until he was like 35 without having to rely on technology to find information. Um, Because researching with a book and researching on a phone are two very different things. Um, so I think that's our advantage as younger generations compared to older generations that were not raised on computers where everything's very fast, but you know, the reading aspect is really disappointing um, because as a human being, you should be able to be present enough to read a whole article and gain some information from it rather than like reading the first two sentences and, and being bored. Um, <laughs> I think that's a big disadvantage. Well, you bring up a couple of really good and interesting points, like the attention span is one of them. Um, And, you know, I live, so I live with my grandmother, who is technically part of, well, I thought I consider her a boomer, but I guess based off of her birth year, she is uh, part of the silent generation, but she's right on the tail end. So she's a boomer in my heart, in my heart and in my mind. And um, so I live with her and I live with my sister, who's a Gen Zer. And so we have three generations and it's so interesting to see, and I'm stuck in the middle. Okay. And it's really interesting to see, you know, my sister interact with my grandmother and like just that the way they think and the way they look at life is like so polar opposites Mm -hmm. you know my sister is very much like a gen zer who's very you know you know she's very much a feminist she's very much for like you know, equal pay and just all of these kind of things that, you know, that our generation and I feel like their generation are very strong and, and adamant about. And then I look at my grandmother's generation and there's like so much of like, like there's like so much of that, like subservient kind of energy coming from her where it's like the wife has their wifely duties and the man has their, their manly duties. And it's just really interesting to see the to see the the generational divides and i'm curious to know like like what are some of the experiences that you guys have had with like generational divides and um 
you know, how has that, how has that made an impact on your lives? Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. Um, we've already touched on quite a few of the generational divides and I won't say, you know, I guess I'll preface it by saying, again, none of this is meant to come off, come off as judgment. Cause I think there's always pros and cons to the state of the world and how it affects how we <laughs> like are as humans. So I think that there's some, some pros to like, my parents are a bit older compared to some of my friends' parents, um, like friends who are the similar age of mine, because my parents had me when they were a little bit older. Um, and so they're, they're the tail end of the boomers. And I think that there is self-reliance that they have, um, but then also some more frustration with change and things like technology. Um, and so, you know, this, I feel like a lot of this stuff is like personal, um, like ability to like use technology. A lot of things that we've already talked about um, and like self-reliance versus relying on other things. But I also do think two other things, this might be a slight divergence, but this is just where my brain is going. And this is a free episode. So I'm going to go there. <laughs> I think that um, what's cool about like younger generations. So let's say us younger millennials and then Gen Z is that, you know, these are generations where we do more reflection. It's encouraged to reflect. Mental health is now being normalized as something that we all have. And it's, it, there's less stigma around things like this. Um, and we, you know, like there were radio shows back then, sure. But were there a lot of podcasts where people like around our age intellectualize like this? Probably not. <laughs> and I think I say that to say there's disadvantages and advantages to this, right? We have maybe some increased self-awareness, um, which I think is kind of missing to an extent, but then we also um, maybe lack some connection with other people because we kind of are the social media generations. Um, and so that's one area that my brain went. And then um, I think some of the other things that I've seen as, and I gotta go here as someone who's like in health and wellness, people have gotten healthier, but then they also have gotten less healthy. <laughs> and I'm going to use the beginning of the millennials as an example of people who grew up in the eighties. The eighties was like the most shit time for nutrition. Nutrition science was just shit back then. They were like, like everything needs to be low fat. And then they just added high sugar and like processed foods didn't really come in until like the eighties. So my parents' generation grew up on more wholesome food. I remember growing up on like fruit snacks and high seas and like, <laughs> like all the crab candy and stuff. And so I think in a way, our generation, young millennials, Gen Zs are interested in health and fitness because we actually have some more like systemic health issues based on the ways that we were raised. Um, but we also are starting to like tackle our health. And when I say health, I'm talking about physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, all the things that we talk about on this podcast too, which is cool. So all that to say, I think there's just like pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages. When there's going to be an advantage, there's always like a disadvantage of that too. Like we've learned to live this way, but we didn't learn to live that way. Or it's good that we live this way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so Absolutely. that was like a lot of mumbo jumbo, but that's where my brain went. So Thanks for listening to my podcast. <laughs> I don't think that was mumbo jumbo at all. Okay. Um, so you're all good. Um, you're, I feel like you're, at least for me, what is coming up through your points, Trish, is as humans, we are part of nature and nature tends to function through a law of, of yin and yang, like a balance of, of, of working and not working at the same time mm, um, yes. and a, specifically about generations you know how that the whole kind of generational back and forth where the older generation always dislikes the younger generation even though we're their children um there's something about the next generation that's always going to piss off the older generation because they do something different well, that's just a form of evolution if you really think about it. And unfortunately, or fortunate and fortunately um, for all generations, 
collectively that is just where we're headed and there's not really, it's kind of funny how there are generations so there are values shared between us how that comes to be i don't know because you'd think if you raise a child and then your child raise a child that those values would be passed on or those traditions what have you would continue but it seems like every generation there becomes different spiritual issues or different morality issues that are being uh, chewed on and thought about in the generations um because I was trying to while you guys were talking I was trying to figure out what generation I wanted to talk about did I want to talk about the older generation or the newer ones that are coming in um and I couldn't decide and I feel like to tie it all together it has a lot to do with evolution like I'm thinking about um my my stepdad is in his late 60s so he is of the the boomer generation um and his father served in i believe world war ii i'm not positive so i apologize for um you know botching that if that's not true but he served in a, in a war he served in the military and i think what my stepfather got from his father those those values is that physical strength is extremely important and maybe more important than being vulnerable, being expressive, being emotionally intelligent or emotionally aware of other people. Not to say that my stepdad is not those things um, because he is, which is fantastic, but his value, his top priority is physical strength, um, which, you know, as Trish said, has downsides and, um, you know, good sides as well. But I think we've, it, there's just a weird progression of collective conscience that comes up every seven to eight years of, uh, which is, I think is as long as a generation It's about, I think eight to nine, seven, eight, nine years or so. I'm not sure, but each generation wrestles with ideas that were not questioned in the generation before. So that's where that tug of war comes in when, especially nowadays when generations last so long, um, there's people that are living to be a hundred, I'm hearing more often than not because of technology. Um, what that means, I don't know, but there's evolution happening and I, I don't know where that comes from, but it's obviously something that needs to be looked at. Like, why is the, why is Gen Z so much more airy and free flowing and, and focused on social justice? And I mean, why, why are these topics coming up in the bigger scheme of things? Maybe this is something we need to focus on, something that needs to be changed, something that needs to be restructured. Um, I think that maybe is how we transcend those generational issues between boomers and gen x and gen y whatever i think that's our generation i don't know millennials and then gen z yeah that's i mean that's very interesting because i mean there are there are generational divides and i think where we get where we find the struggle is you know and i see it all the time like like baby boomers don't want to listen to Gen Zers because it's like, well, I'm old and you should respect me and, you know, things like that. And then, you know, Gen Zers are like, well, F that because, you know, I, I'm a Gen Zer and everybody has the right to say what they want and feel how they want and all of these kind of things. And, you know, I think, I think I want, aside from technology and we've just, we've been talking about it, but I think one of the most I think significant transformations that have happened across generations has been the rise of emotional awareness and emotional intelligence and, you know, mental health and really thinking about like the emotional state behind things, because, you know, I I remember just growing up and hearing, um, you know, older generations calling like millennials soft and, you know, all of these kind of things and, you know, flaky and, you know, like just some of these words that just described that we were weaker. Um, and, you know, again, it, it relates back to that, what you guys were saying about like the, the physical strength and like the older generations, it was very much like, it's a really interesting and I'm going to go there, but it was very much like, you know, masculine and feminine roles and, 
it's been amazing to be to see the the evolution of gender roles because i think that's a that's like another thing where um people are are becoming a lot more you know non-binary or identifying as somewhere in between and like it's really when you think about it it's really kind of incredible to see how much of an emotional like evolution that has occurred over the last you know 50 plus years um which is not that long and i just think like like gosh if this is where we're at now in 2022 like where are we going to be in 2050 which is not that far away but it you know it's enough time that like it's going to be a totally different world and so that's what's coming up for me as we're like just talking about all of these things and talking about the different generations it's like what do you guys think the future is going to look like uh this is a really cool one i think it's so interesting you say that tyler the first thing that popped in my brain was like we are just defining generations based on the last 100 years at most right like 19 like 1919 like your your grandma you were referring to um your great grandma tyler and i think um it reminded me of how I'll be like, when was this movie set? When's that book set? Like 1600s, 1800s, 1400s. Is there a difference? And like, really, you know, when, and part of this is my own ignorance of history, but I know that like history moved slower in a way, right? Like they invented the wheel and that was the only invention for some time. We are literally in all of these generations. The collective here is that time moves quickly and like the changes in society and culture and the world as a whole are moving quickly in cool ways like it's super cool that in the last 10 years like laptops and phones have become so much more accessible and there's pros to that but then also like even like our environment is changing so quickly and like the like health of like mother nature and like human health and all that stuff is also i think changing really quickly and again, like a downside way. Um, so I'm going to be honest, I did forget your initial question, but I had to get that out there. Cause I think that that's really interesting. Like that never clicked that it's like one of the collectives between all of our generations is how, how, how we're seeing the move world in such a, or <laughs> the world move in such a quick way compared to probably past generations. Like, and I'm talking, you know, 100, 200 years ago, where there wouldn't be that much change throughout someone's lifetime. I'm processing. Oh, that's, that's okay. I, <laughs> I, I have like something that's coming up for me is like, and I love that point that you made, Trish. Like I asked, I asked, what do you think the future looks like? And then you went past and you were like, <laughs> you were. <laughs> that is actually hilarious. Like completely contradicted what you just said. <laughs> Well, and it, oh, but it's funny. okay because it brings up actually some really interesting points of like, of like the speed of transformation and how mm. quickly everything is evolving around us and the constant like, you know, phones are now outdated after like a year, you know, versus, you know, the telephone didn't really change that much for a very long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, my iPhone 12 is now considered old technology, you know? And do you think, I guess, let me ask this question. Do you think, do you think we will ever reach a point of maximum speed where we just physically cannot transform anymore or invent anymore? Or like, like when, what do you guys think is like the, the end of, the like technology boom because that's what we've been experiencing is the technology boom Ooh, that's a big question that's like almost like in a weird veiled way you're asking when do we when does our evolution end um which is really quite profound and existential and terrifying um, <laughs> you know, people say, or I've read or wherever, you know, you just hear it. People talk, um, about AI taking over 
after we're gone um, or we, you know, we destroy ourselves, our environment to the point where we know humans no longer can exist and AI somehow sustains itself off energy generated by, you know, not by human beings. I don't know how that would even occur, um, but that's beyond my human brain right now. I don't know when, uh, that's a really spiritual question too, because, you know, technology is a form of our um, being able to evolve through intelligence beyond ourself, um, use our energy in different ways. Um, I can't say, I don't know. I feel like I would have to be a mind, like a, what are they called? Oh God, those women that look into the crystal balls. Uh, a, a psychic, a medium, Thank you. A medium a psychic, whatever. I, because I think when I think of why I'm struggling with this question is because I'm thinking of the bigger picture beyond technology. Like technology is great, but I think there is an end. And so I'm thinking beyond the evolution of technology I'm thinking the evolution of the human spirit and we're entering an age and I think I I may have mentioned this before maybe not but we're entering an age a new age right now we're in the seven year uh, gap between the age of I believe it's Pisces which has been the last 300 years god I'm really mixing my information up but the age of Aquarius is an air age because Pisces is a fish, so it's water. Um, and we're entering an air age, which has a lot to do with technology. So I think that's why we're kind of the, the amp up to the new age for the last, I would say, 20 years, because there's always a weird um, kind of uh, warming up to a new age where we're having like a renaissance of technology, like the, like the renaissance that happened before us where it's art and painting and uh, philosophy, philosophy and uh, psychology and all of that good stuff. Um, and I think we're experiencing that kind of evolution of, of how does, how do people transcend the age before us and, and what does that, mean like why would why would technology I think why I, I now I'm thinking about how would technology end what would that what would that mean is that technology mm -hmm. can only got us so far in the evolution of our spiritual selves so then beyond technology what does that mean and I think we're starting to see it like Trish said emotionally we're starting to use like the the our generations and the generations before us are very mind oriented, you know, intelligence, being smart, getting good grades. And then the generation kind of, and then the tail end of our generation and then Gen Z are, are becoming emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent. We're focused on our well being. Well, what's after that? Well, as soon as you get into emotions and feeling, then you enter into a spiritual realm, which is where I hope we end up. Um, because mm -hmm. there, we are having a lot of spiritual issues right now. Um, and that's just, you know, life. That's just how we, we have to work our, our lessons out before we reap the rewards of it. Um, but I think that's a weird roundabout way and a long way. I apologize to answer your question about the evolution of technology and where it ends. Well, it ends when it can no longer serve our spiritual fulfillment and our spiritual evolution. Damn. Well, well, that yeah, was, I was a mic drop after all that. Yeah. That was a long ass mic drop. Well, I a long ass mic drop, and it ended in a mic drop nonetheless. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, and we're now. I mean, as we always do, we're now beyond just talking about generations <laughs> and you know time and things. I mean, this is more about time now. But like, yes, you know, we have we're entering we're entering the world of the metaverse. And, you know, are you guys familiar with the metaverse and yeah. have you guys heard that term? And not really. And, okay. Well, really? I still, I still don't quite know exactly what the metaverse is. Um, and I don't understand some of the technology that is happening around us, like, like NFTs, like the non-fungible tokens and, mm. you know, things like this. And um, 
but it, it's really interesting, Abigail, you talk about like how technology supports our spiritual growth and, um, you know, how it all comes back to the spirit and, and that higher self. Um, and it's interesting to think like, like how the metaverse is going to kind of impact our spiritual journeys. And I mean, I, we don't even have to open this can of worms because it's a lot, but you know, it's like, it's like a part of, a part of me thinks that um, entering into the metaverse is going to be like a very interesting, like, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a very detaching experience from, you know, physical interaction. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of it is going to be a very big emotional journey that we take of like, Mm -hmm. of like, how do we, you know, how do we interact in this artificial, this artificially built world? And how does that impact our, you know, all of our lives? Like, how does that impact our ability to have conversations and connect with people? And do we get closer or are we actually getting more, you know, divided because we're no longer interacting in a physical space? We're now in a metaphysical space. And I don't know. It's just, it's just really interesting to think about. And I think it's really interesting as millennials, I'm going to bring this back to talking about generations. And, you know, I think as millennials, we, we have kind of hit the generational lottery in that Mm -hmm. we get, we got to kind of taste the world before technology and before this you know technical revolution that we're currently in and we're going to get to experience technology all the way to its I think true finest forms whatever that looks like and whatever that may be and it's incredible I think it's I think it's something that um, you know I'm not I don't want to take for granted and you know I'm I'm learning how to have a better relationship with technology. And I think that's a really important part of, of this evolution and this continued growth is like, what is that, that relationship that we have with technology, but it's going to be really interesting to see, to see what the future holds. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think you pointed out something that's pretty cool about um, our generation is, uh, yeah, we've, we've experienced a lot of different things. I also think we do have this level of awareness, um, that is interesting. Like we're aware that technology and certain things are bad for us, but we also can have like addictions to them and stuff. And I think that's some of the interesting polarities about generations is like, how aware are you of like your, your, um, you know, how aware are you of your like maladaptive behaviors and like um, judgments on other people and things and definitely not saying we're perfect, but I think we are wedged between again, the Gen Z where that, you know, social justice and everything like that is super duper present. Um, And then maybe other generations where just those concepts were so new. I think when you first, to bring it back to what you said earlier, Tyler, when you first said like, you know, do we see the end of technology or the end? I literally thought of Mean Girls and I was like, the limit does not exist. And (laughs) like, like, that's literally what happened because I think I'm having a point here too, where it all comes back to like, we have such a level of awareness, like humans, generations are, I think are getting more and more conscious, more and more aware. I think like the Renaissance period was people just becoming aware through art. And now we're becoming aware through, then we became aware through like increased technology and medicine and science and research. I think of that as like the 1900s. Um, And now it's like this increased technological awareness and then also personal awareness. Um, But that all to say that we could have so much awareness and not even like be able to guess what the heck happens next in the next generation like I totally think that that is true too like we just won't even know maybe we're going to be totally freaking surprised as to where like things go from here we could be completely surprised um 
I don't think anybody 30 years ago knew that we could be talking to each other from three different states all at the same time um, in different time zones um, on a screen. Um, so that is, it's really cool. You know, I think we get, I have a lot of points um, that I'd like to say before we wrap up. Uh, first off, yeah, we get wrapped up in, you know, the bad things that technology and our generational stereotypes bring in, but there are also some really amazing things that we've learned from older generations that they've achieved. We've, we've come afar, we've come already so far as our generation, as millennials and things that we've initiated. Um, I like to think that millennials are initiators. We, we started topics and we started asking questions and then now Gen Z are going to explore those questions and go outside of realms that we have not ventured before. Um, and Trish, you kind of brought up a topic which interlaced with Tyler's amazing kind of topic that I would love to have another podcast episode about, which is the metaverse and, um, you know, transcending our own tangible world and creating a new one. Um, you said, awareness through technology or like a kind of a consciousness through technology because of the Renaissance prior, which was art and painting and um, poetry and all that good stuff that I mentioned before. Um, I think the generations that exist right now, um, which I like to ask the big questions, which is, you know, why do all of our generations exist together? So why are the, the baby boomers, um, millennials, Gen X, I almost skipped Gen X. I, oh my God, that's awful. Um, Gen X, millennials and Gen Z. And then, you know, the younger generations, which I, I don't know yet um, because they're still very young, but why do all these generations exist together? Like, what are we collectively learning as a human race? And also what are we collectively learning within our generations right now? And why do they all, why do they, why are they all happening at the same time? Um, which I don't know the answer to those questions, but I think technology, because we've, we've geared our podcast around that topic, I think it's kind of telling. It's like our intuition is kind of pinging us towards technology, bringing in an awareness. And I believe the metaverse, which uh, Trish to kind of inform you, like the metaverse is what Tyler said, like NFTs. So owning art without actually owning tangible art. Um, the metaverse that what's his name? Facebook boy. Uh, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Thank you. <laughs> I just call him Facebook, Facebook, Facebook boy. boy. Yeah. He's a grown man and I'm just going to call him a boy. <laughs> um, but he, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is creating now a meta, which is, is an artificial, no artificial, excuse me, universe apart from our own that is digital and AI, which is life that exists without actually being biologically life itself um it it's a I think because all of us are learning about technology or um being brought up with technology or trying to grasp what technology is doing for those older generations we're trying to grasp on a spiritual level because I love to bring it to this uh, spirituality always um because that was really the biggest bigger picture here is the, the metaverse, all of this technological advancement is trying to make us spiritually understand what is happening beyond our own world, which has to do with quantum physics and um, the law of attraction and mul the multiverse theory, which, you know, as we know, a lot of movies, especially Spider-Man that just came out is about the multiverse. Uh, Marvel's been uh, kind of tackling that topic. Okay, it's so funny. <laughs> That's how I knew multiverse. I'm like, Marvel okay. question mark? That's literally <laughs> what was going in my brain because I saw Spider-Man and I absolutely loved it. Actually. I just saw it, but uh, that's why it came to mind. But also there's been a lot of movies about space because we're venturing into space and it, it is beckons the question, you know, are the existing generations are trying to spiritually understand what exists beyond our senses, what exists beyond what we can, we can touch or what we have explored yet. Um, Cause we've explored so much, but we've also explored so little. Um, so that is a fascinating topic, but I just wanted to touch on that before we kind of wrapped up, um, you know, the, 
just the bigger perspective is why our generations exist together why are we living together and what are we learning together i love that i think as you're as you're talking about that I, i just had like a a little just moment of like oh there are i mean there is a reason why you know we follow gen x and gen x follows the boomers and you know and i i think I think I'm going to, I'm going to end personally with this last thought of like, when it comes to, and we didn't really even talk about this, but when it comes to like generational divides and when it comes to, you know, obviously the differences, you know, across, you know, across the board right now, I think we, I think we need to celebrate more of the differences. And I think we have to do a better job of recognizing like, like the path that are that are you know older generations have paved for us you know and you know there's there was a lot you know there's always going to be not great things from each generation and there's always going to be questionable you know why did you let this happen and all of these kind of things but like you know i think coming back to like that whole spiritual side of things and Um, you know, we're all human beings having, you know, an experience here together. And I think we should do more. I think we should do a better job of just celebrating, you know, the generations that have come before us because they've, they've paved the path for all of the advancements that we get to make as millennials and that, you know, the Gen Zers are going to get to make, you know, as, as they grow older and then even, you know, the, the newest of the generations, which again, I don't even know, they don't even have a name yet, but you know, we're always, we're always paving a path forward. And I think you're right. I think it does come back to that ultimate question of like, you know, why are we here and what, what is the meaning to all of this? And I think that is, that is the big question that we're always going to be exploring. And it's going to be fascinating to see, how different generations tackle that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think my final thoughts are so similar to what you just said, Tyler, and what you touched on earlier, Abby. Like even before you had just said that thing of like, why are all our generations on this planet right now at the same time? I had had that thought of like, there is this collective learning that we get to do from each other. Um, there's this collective growth, the things that are possible for us are only possible because of the generations before us. And, um, just really cool. That's like humbling and grounding to hear that. I mean, and to take it back to the big picture. So, so thank you both for going there. And I think ultimately, like when it comes down to it, generations are about age and I truly have started to believe I feel like I always heard this when I was younger and I was like okay um and now it's like age truly is but a number and um I I don't think that I think that it's relevant because we are both nature and nurture creatures of nature and nurture um and a lot of the generation is more like I mean it's nature or it's nurture we can think about that with environments, but there is nature to like epigenetics is this really cool field showing how like genes can change over time. Um, in good ways, we can become more like adaptive and smarter, our human bodies even. Um, and then we can also become like maladaptive and we could develop like allergies over time and generational trauma can physically affect the health of offspring. And the reason I bring that back around, because I think it relates to, you know, a couple episodes ago, Abby, you said something about, we are just souls having a human experience. And I think this whole soul transition or the transition that our universe is having and that spiritual experience and how that's transforming for us all as like collective humans also has tangible things or tangible evidence in human bodies, the way genes are changing, the way socially humans are changing throughout these generations. So it's kind of cool to think of generations in that way, just this humbling of like, oh, this is just how like human nature as a whole is changing over time and how cool that we get to learn from each other over time 
generations before us and we get to learn from generations that came after us because look at how the collective of the world is changing and that's pretty freaking cool absolutely it is so cool and i think all of our perspectives will give our listeners something to munch on and i would love to hear from everyone about what generation you're from and what you're you know what makes you nostalgic um where do you think technology will go? All the big questions that we asked today where we didn't think we were going to go, we still had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, So if you want to comment, post, um, share this podcast and join in the conversation of our community, um, that would be so lovely because we'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening and come back next week for more. Thank you for listening to Soul Searchers, the podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook by searching Soul Searchers, the podcast, and on Instagram at Soul Searchers Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please help us keep the conversations flowing by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. And be sure to catch us next time for another soulful conversation.